Welcome back, and thanks for joining us again today on another episode of the Enduring Truth Podcast. I am your host, Cody Ricketts. We're going to jump right in today to get your hopes up part two. We're just going to go through and briefly recap where we were last episode, where we discussed, you know, talk, talking about the new year and how it tends to bring fresh hope, fresh uh, perspective for the year. People tend to get, you know, more involved in things and getting their goals and their visions aligned. And hopefully you're still doing those things. Hopefully you're still following through with your resolutions or your visions or your goals for the for the new year. But with the new year comes hope. And I, that's kind of where I was going at with last week is talking about the idea of hope. And, you know, I used to kind of give it a, a bad rap, but biblical hope is a, a very good thing. And when we, when we can learn to work through our biblical hope, we can then use hope as a good thing in our lives. We started off in Romans 5 last week, and we definitely will go back there again this week as well to look at that some. But I want to just go back through again uh, the, the or what hope means. It is a desire accompanied by confident expectation. And that's a great, I feel like a great definition of what hope is for a biblical standpoint. You know, I know this is more of a dictionary um, point of view of just a desire accompanied by confident expectation. But, you know, in the book of Psalms, I think it's th- uh, chapter either 34 or 37, one or two, it talks about when you seek the Lord, when you, when you fall after him, that he will give you the, the desires of your heart. This says that hope is a desire accompanied by confident expectation. So when you read something like that from Psalms and you see that he'll give us the, the desires of our heart, we have that confident expectation in who he is and that he will fulfill what he has spoken to us. We also discussed, too, how closely tied faith and hope is. Like You, you, you almost will say that, that they're one and the same, but of course they're not. You know, again, but they're, they're very similar, they're very close, and they are tied and they work together. Out of Hebrews, we talk about chapter 11, verse 1, that says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substance of things hoped for. Hope is an expectation of good. You know, that, that's the, the good side of hope. But also, you know, we talk about too about how in the Greek, it can mean evil. It can be used for evil. It can mean fear. So the faith and fear, you know, we talked about that before too, I think about how faith and fear work in the same way. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what it says in Romans. So if faith comes by hearing, fear works in the very same way. Fear comes by hearing too. So when you turn on the news or some kind of ungodly source of information that is just feeding you lies and fear, as you begin to think on those things and and meditate on those things, that begins to produce as well fear in your life. So fear comes by hearing and and so does faith. So whatever you're consuming in your life, the, the the more you consume fear or the more you consume good, you know, that's gonna come out of your come out of your life. Jesus said that out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks. So whatever you're full of is gonna come right, right come right back out of you when the pressures of life push on you. We also discussed what is backing your hope determines if it's good or bad. If you have an unbelieving, unfaithful hope that is backing what you're saying, well, then it's never going to come to pass. Just cannot come to pass. That's just a, a wishful thinking kind of hope. That's not what we're discussing today about biblical hope. But if you have, you have a confident expectation that is backing your belief system, your, your believing, then it's more, again, of a confident 
expectation, not so much wishful thinking. And again, faith is substance of hope. And I want to look back today at Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him, through whom, sorry, also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in the hearts by the Spirit who was given to us. So we can see here again that faith in Jesus Christ is our hope. You can see time and time again throughout Scripture that Jesus says that he is our hope, our hope is in him, we can rely on him. That's, that's where our hope is, is in Jesus. And, and a biblical hope is that confident expectation that Jesus is, who he says that he was and is, that he came, he lived a sinless life, he became sin for us, he died a sinless, faultless death. But again, he became sin for us. He took our sin and he knelt he to the cross and then he rose again for us so that we can have life eternal with Jesus in heaven with God. Jesus is our hope. That's where our hope lies. But it says that we have peace with God through Jesus. That, you know, because we, we can see that all of God's wrath and judgment has been put on Jesus for those who accept it. Of course, in the end times, the final judgment will be there on the earth and the final wrath will be poured out on the end times of people who have not accepted the forgiveness of their sins. But that's not what we're talking about today. Of course, we are just looking at biblical hope and how we can use that in our lives. It's all about Jesus. It's not about how good you are. and It's not about how much you can do or much you can read or much you can give. Jesus just simply wants your heart. You know, if your heart is, is tied up in, in TV, well, then he may ask you to give up some TV. If your heart is tied up in, in money, then he may ask you to give up some money. It's not because he needs money. He wants your heart. And really, we, we owe it to him. It is our reasonable service, as it says in, in Romans 12, that we make our lives a living sacrifice, and we give our time, and we give our resources, and we give our talents to the Lord, and we offer our lives as a living sacrifice. It's either all him or it's not him at all. You know, it can't be some of what we do plus what Jesus did for us. It's either what Jesus did for us is enough, and we accept that, and we believe in, in what he did for us, and we can take that hope that he has given us, or we don't, and we can live a life that's defeated and, and just as, as just as poor, just as sick as anybody else that that is not saved. It is because of Jesus that we have peace, and through him we have access to grace. We rejoice in hope. In verse 3, we see that you know, God doesn't cause the trials, of course, but it says that the trials that we have in our lives, Jesus said in his own words that you know, we would face persecutions and, and trials and tribulations in this world because of the gospel, because of him, him and what he's done. Satan obviously is not going to roll out the red carpet for us and make it easy for us in, in, in this world. God doesn't cause the trials, but because of the trials, it does produce perseverance and it does produce character in our lives. And that character, in turn, produces hope. And hope does not disappoint, as it says in verse 5. It's because of love, the love of God, that hope does not disappoint. The question is, do you, do you believe that God loves you? 
I know a lot of people say that, and they and then they know John three sixteen, and you know that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, but they don't really truly understand the love of God, and and I'm not saying that I understand it 100 percent either. It's a very vast and um, you know, Paul said, I hope I hope that you can understand the depth and the, and the width and the height and the love that God has for us, that we, we, we would see that. But that was our key text, Romans 5, that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ and we rejoice in hope of the glory that he has given. And when we face trials, when we face uh, life's difficulties in, in this, uh, this side of heaven, we have hope and we have peace that all those things do produce perseverance and character and, and produce hope and it does not disappoint because love has been poured out for us. Romans 5, 1 through 5 also closely ties in with James 1, 2 through 4. I'm going to flip over there. And it says this, it says, My brethren, count all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, it says in verse 6, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. But let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And I went a little bit more there than I wanted to, but uh, 5 and 6 and 7 and 8, those verses are, are pretty powerful verses, and they're pretty in your face about having, having faith and, and asking things in faith. And you know, I think if you have to keep asking God for something, then you're not asking in faith. You know, if you ask one time, from that point on, you start thanking God that it has been taken care of. You say, God, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your, your provision. Thank you for whatever it is that you need in your life. Because... If I keep asking and asking and asking, I don't really truly believe that he has already given it to me and that it's a done deal. So James says to ask in faith, not doubting, because he who doubts is a double-minded, unstable person. The first part there, though, uh, I kind of went off a little bit, but the first part talks about counting it joy when you fall into various trials. It's basically, basically the same thing that we're talking about in Romans, about how trials produce patience or perseverance. This one talks about patience. It says, and let that have its perfect work in your, in your life, that it will produce character and produce hope in your life. And then if you are lacking something, ask God for it. And then begin thanking Him that it's already done. And don't just keep asking and asking and asking, because God heard you the first time. He's not deaf. He heard you. But you're thinking, well, I asked God, and I haven't seen it yet. What's the hold up? Well, I can tell you now, it's, it's not God. God is not your hold up. He is perfect in His ways. And he's a man of his word. So if there's something that you're not seeing that you've asked for, more than likely the issue is not on God's side, but your side. Because God, again, is perfect. And he, he always follows through on his word. So if there's a promise that you're not seeing come to fruition in your life, I would humbly ask you to just take time to look at your own life and figure out and, and ask God. Say, God, where am I missing it at in, in this part of the revelation that I need? Because when you ask in faith, I so that he will give to you whatever you ask. But if you doubt, well, you're like a man 
who's in a boat in the sea that's just tossed to and fro that you're just going with whatever wind pushes you whichever direction. But whenever you have faith and you ask him in faith, you're on a steady course and you can believe with a confident expectation, a confident hope that what he says will come to pass. It says that he who asks in, in doubt, he says, let not that man suppose he should receive anything from God. So maybe you're asking for one thing and you're believing for a bunch of different things, but it says not, not, don't let that man think he can receive anything from God because he's a double-minded, unstable person. And you know, I never thought of myself personally as an unstable person, but here it says if you're double-minded, you're unstable, which is pretty bold, pretty in your face about that. And when I, when I read something like that, I don't get mad and angry. I take a look at myself and go, man, maybe I'm... Maybe there's more than this than, than I realize, and maybe I need to take a, take a step back and ask God to show me some more revelation of what I'm missing. And I, I just want to read a couple more verses here about hope, just in general, to kind of wrap up here a little bit. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that we have a living hope. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an, an, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of the God, who are, sorry, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We don't have a dead hope. We don't have an unbelieving hope, but we have a living hope in Christ. It's through his resurrection that we have power, that we have a living hope, that we can that we can do all things through him, that any trials we have, anything that we have going on, we walk in with power and authority in this in this world. It's because of Jesus Christ that we have hope in this life and we have the ability to have a confident expectation that we can desire things of him, and if we ask in faith, we can receive it. Jesus told us that he is living water and that when we drink from him, that we should never thirst again. This will be the last episode of Get Your Hopes Up, but I just wanted to encourage you guys to get your hopes up, to have a confident expectation in the Lord and to be able to desire him. I just want to read one last final scripture over you guys about this. It's one thing that the Lord has kind of been putting on my heart and I've been thinking about this scripture a bunch and it's from psalms 27 in verse 4 it says one thing i have desired of the lord that will i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the lord and to inquire in his temple going forward in my life i want to have my desires met and to be able to walk in that confident expectation to walk in a biblical hope because I desire to be in to be in his house all of the days of my life to behold his beauty so going forward let's get our hopes up let's have a confident expectation in the Lord we'll see you next time <music>